Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Zanati Kuma, tackling your stock-related questions this evening are Ashraf Mohammed from Cornerpiece Capital and independent analyst Carl Gervis. Don't forget to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at Business Day TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Thanks so much, gentlemen, for your time. Of course, the big news is the fact that... Um, uh, Cyril, uh, yeah, uh, basically his head uh, hangs in the balance um, and he's due to give an address tonight. Of course, this is over the Palapala saga where there is a possibility um, of constitution uh, violations um, over the um, how he reported the matter, the robbery in Palapala at the Palapala game farm and also the origin of the foreign currency that was stolen. So, of course, we wait to hear from him. But markets are really taking that quite badly when you look at the RAND and how you look at the bond market and not quite equities. But if you actually dive down into the equities, you see the beating that financials are getting right now. Carl, what's your take on the alarm that's going on around this issue? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, from a political risk, I mean, certainly it's, it's heightened. And I think you see that directly in, in the RAND. Um, so at a time where other currencies are actually strengthening against the dollar that, that weakened over the last couple of days, um, we've seen the, the rand go the other direction. So that's obviously the clear clear sign that, that there is a bit of panic. Um, if we look at the, the markets, again, some, some sectors benefit from, from a significantly weaker rand, like the resources sector, yeah. um, that, that's done pretty well. But then your SA Inc, I mean, they got absolutely annihilated today, like your banks and, and your insurers and, and retailers that are that are based in South Africa and, and obviously exposed to the RAND from the other side, you know. So if you're a retailer, you're probably importing most of your your stock. So you, you caught uh, on the other side of a, a weaker RAND. So I think uh, at this point, obviously, uncertainty, political uncertainty, that that's uh, and that obviously, re, you know, translates to, you know, you know the economic growth that could come under pressure, policies that could change. You know, all of that. Uh, so that's where the market is is panicking a bit today. Yeah, and you can see the results of that uh, weaker dollar as well. We are seeing DRD Gold up nine point seven seven percent, South thirty two. Uh, with a surge of 9.62%, Anglo Gold up more than 7.5%. Financials, I mean, this is a sector that's really been seen uh, to have quite a lot of value when you look, when you look at SA Inc. Um, Ashraf, do you think that this is a good time to go into the financials with the, with the beating that we've, we've seen? Or does that maybe instill some caution in terms of the kind of environment then that they're under right now? So the the financials have been uh, well supported over the past year. Um, I think that they were due for a pullback. This is the um, the quantum of pullback I was anticipating from the uh, the banks. So I would certainly be taking a nibble at these levels. Uh, you had uh, APSA PMI come out today um, at uh, 52, and then also you had. Uh, motor vehicle sales come out ahead of uh, the previous month. So those are positive indicators for for the economy, but everyone's getting caught up in the uh, political uncertainty. Yeah. So, you know, one anyone sitting with uh, excess cash 
can certainly take advantage of, uh, of this volatility. Yeah. Besides, of course, the panic that we're seeing um, in the RAND, the financials and also the bond markets, uh, you have the Fed. Uh, we did have a boosting of sentiment coming from the Fed expectations uh, that they might start decreasing the size of those interest rates, uh, those interest rate hikes from the December meeting. Uh, Carl, do you think that this could maybe be the best month that global markets could have this year since the Russia-Ukraine war? Yeah, possibly, but I mean, we we're already seeing. Are you talking about December? Yeah, um, December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, possibly, but I mean, you see today already that uh, in the U.S. after yesterday's euphoria um, on on the the Fed's comments and the markets, sort of the the reality of um, potential recession or very likely recession either way um, in in 2023, and also we saw the U.S. factory data pretty weak. So I think just the, the reality of, of pretty weak uh, economic growth um, for the next 12 months or so um, coming back and, and uh, probably putting a bit of a dampener on, on, uh, on, on for example, the U.S. markets at the moment. Uh, so the market's very skittish at the moment, high volatility. Um, so when news is interpreted as positive, like the, the sort of fading of the, the hiking cycle, potentially um, peaking of inflation, um, huge, huge uh, um, risk on, and then the, the reality of of the economic uh, situation. I think then um, hits home. Yeah. So I think uh, it'll probably it, it might be a good month. December is often um, pretty good, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it, I think uh, we're not we're not through through the whole lot yet. Yeah, talking about the euphoria that markets got after uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell's speech yesterday. It, it kind of seems like markets tend to get ahead of themselves because it seems that they ignore the fact that the Fed is still going to increase interest rates because inflation isn't where they want it to be. Just on that, Ashraf, I mean, do you think that Carl mentioned a kind of a dampener today? Do you think that the markets have fully priced in the risk of a recession in, in the U.S.? Uh, to... To some extent, they've priced in the mild recession. But just to go back to, to Powell's comments, mm. everyone focused on the, the first part of his commentary, which was that they may reduce the rate of, um, of increase. What they didn't focus on was the fact that it could, go on, it could be higher than initially anticipated. So it could easily end up Fed funds rate at uh, five, five and a quarter. Mm. Um, and I think... Investors missed that. They were looking for good news and they, they jumped on the back of that good news. Yeah. Um, I think recession risk is, is fairly high in the U.S. Um, and I, I believe that um, it's something which will also change the, the consumer pattern in the next uh, six to 12 months. But, you know, again, households are still in a very good position in the U.S. So I don't think we will find a deep recession yeah. in that part of the world. All right. Well, let's get to some questions for tonight. Um, with the Transport Department finally awarding tenders in road construction, 
is there hope for PPC and ArcelorMittal? Of course, with every update that PPC comes out with, they're always saying that uh, the needle will shift significantly once they start to see um, that work on the ground. Uh, Robex has actually um, had quite a few nice updates on how they're benefiting from those Sanrail contracts. Uh, Carl, PPC and ArcelorMittal on the um, kind of movement that we are seeing in that road infrastructure investment? Yeah, I mean, no, no doubt it would be positive. I mean, uh, for for someone like PPC um, to to grow volumes. So any of the infrastructure spend, if it comes to to the fore, and we've seen Sunwell starting to award, and, and they did highlight that they'll use local materials because there was some concern about who they appointed. Um, so that that will will certainly drive volumes and then allow a bit of pricing for for the likes of PPC, um, Arcelor as well. Um, I mean, they, they do compete with international steel suppliers, but, um, you know, just having that edge of, of producing locally certainly will, will benefit them. Um, but obviously the rail system would be something that, that would, uh, would be a big game changer for, for Arcelor, um, and, and the roads probably for, for PPC. So they, they are, uh, call it, um, PPC certainly an economic bellwether, um, if, if the economy turns, infrastructure spend, um, PPC should definitely benefit. Yeah, that stock down about 10% on the day. Ashraf, would you say that this is a good opportunity to go in and then you sit and wait for um, a significant road infrastructure to come in on PPC and ArcelorMittal? Actually, ArcelorMittal uh, is a counter that's never really mentioned when it comes to the infrastructure investments. Yeah, so I I think that there's going to be significant infrastructure spend not only on roads but also on alternative energy. So that that is a further tailwind. Um, when you look at the the number of initiatives and and projects that are getting pushed through, um, I don't think people have quite grasped what the demand for you know for steel and uh, cement will be over the next uh, two to three years, especially when you've got to consider the number of gigawatts we must make up that ESCOM is no longer producing. All right. There's another question here. What's happening with Aspen and is it a good buy? Um, I actually was looking at that chart today. It's down more than 4%. Um, and actually from about September um, last year, it's been on a downward trend. What's your sentiment on uh, Aspen, Carl? Yeah, so I mean, as you say, it's come down, I think, year to date, probably about 35%. So it's come under a bit of pressure. I think it's come, and since that the peak during the COVID uh, environment when they had that vaccine um, yeah. line that they were, that basically would lead to capacity utilization, and then that not really, the, the volume not. Uh, or demand not not realizing there since then it's been on a on a downward spiral um you know from from where they were in 2018 after their balance sheet was in, in serious trouble uh, i think they're definitely in, in better shape their balance sheet um but in terms of the growth prospects compared to then the the rating certainly you know it doesn't deserve a high uh, pe in terms of growth um, but certainly where it is now i think it one one could uh, buy it um, single-digit PE, uh, or like probably about just over 10. Um, the dividend yield is still probably not that attractive at 2.5%. Uh, 
Um, but I think it's it's probably worth a worth a look at this price. All right, um, Ashraf, on your side, I mean, uh, what do you think about their growth prospects? Or at this point, do you just characterize it as a steady eddy? So I, it is my stock pick for tonight. Oh, um, okay. I would agree with Carl um, in terms of its uh, its growth is going to be fairly muted going forward. It did get a bump in the share price and also uh, market support during the um, during you know COVID lockdowns. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know they have right sized the balance sheet leverage ratio is 1.9 times. It's trading on a PE of uh, 9.4 times, which I think is is fair. Um, and just when it comes, there was a, a fair bit of misunderstanding in terms of the cash conversion ratio uh, when one looked at the free cash flow. And they had used cash flow to purchase additional stock, being opportunistic ahead of higher, higher input prices. So yeah. my view is that... All said and done, it's a company that has an operating margin of just over 25% and uh, good cash conversion. So I'm I'm very comfortable with it. Uh, let's check in on what's happened during the day. We did see the nosedive that NAMPAC um, took today, down about 35% after the release of that trading update. Of course, they're saying that um, their um, operational capabilities haven't really helped in uh, taking off the pressure on the balance sheet. They have been dealing with debt for quite a while. And now saying that they're potentially seeking a rights issue of about <coughs> 2 billion rand. Um, Carl, what did you think of the market reaction uh, that sell-off today? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, announcing a big rights offer like that, uh, I'm not surprised that that uh, shareholders were were a bit uh, uh, shocked. Um, and and you know, even with that rights issue, I mean, there there a number, uh, you know, transaction costs, for example, of 150 million that they want to cover with that. Um, and and uh, operating flexibility you can understand but i think you know it, it's a it's a very capital intensive business it's it's uh, it's been stuck in a you know it's never actually been an exciting company there were sort of periods where it's done a bit better and then you know things turn again and it, it always needs new investment a new uh, you know upgrading the beverage can line uh, those kind of things always keep chewing capital so um, from a quality point of view, it's not a great business. Um, so I think, uh, I mean, even though the trading update, you know, headline earnings per share expected to be down, you know, about 45%, you know, all, all not very encouraging. So I think uh, not a surprise in, in that share price reaction. Yeah, quite a turnaround there because um, they were on a better footing. When was it? In 2020, 2021. Uh, but now we're seeing a major turnaround there with uh, um, working capital requirements also at elevated levels, still dealing with that debt. Ashraf, how much risk sentiment should one apply to NAMPAC? Um, I'd, say, I'd say fairly high. When you, and you've got to consider the other markets that it's in. It's not a South African-centric business. Um, and so you've got to you've got to price those those risks in, especially a Nigerian risk where where cash flow is very tight uh, when it comes to to foreign currency. So and it and that is the same in most other African countries at the moment. Um, they struggle to be to pay out in in US dollars. Uh, there are always delays in terms of payments made out of uh, 
and I'm generalizing now. I'm not. Yeah. There are certain countries where where they are pretty efficient in in terms of payments. But what I'm saying is, when you look when you look at the exposure, um, they that's where their biggest struggle comes through. And um, you know, when you're trying to grow a business in those countries, it it becomes extremely difficult. Yeah. Of course, they do have their ebbs and flows, although the overall picture kind of looks a little bit gloomy. If someone is thinking of going into NAMPAC, Carl, should they wait to see what the road looks like after that rights issue? Yeah, I mean, it, it would probably be a, a, a you know safer company after the rights issue, given that uh, the debt will be uh, paid down or a big chunk of it. Um, so, you know, it would be... I don't know at what at, at what price the the rights issue would have to be. It probably would have to be quite quite uh, discounted to to encourage um, investors to take up their rights. Um, so I would uh, I would probably wait for that and and see see what uh, what the outcome is. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a question here. Um, of course, we were talking about uh, the banking sector earlier on. Um, may I ask the panel if they consider Investec PLC to be overpriced? at these levels. There's been quite a lot of excitement on Investec as they've come out um, with really, really good results and also going through that share buyback program. Ashraf, Investec? Investec has, uh, as you said, it's gone through quite a few changes. Um, I think the ship has steadied. The bad news is mostly in the price, especially when you think about the UK exposure. Um, I don't see it as a as a major outperformer, but I, I see it as one that will give you good returns over the next uh, three to five years. And I'm talking 10 to 15% per yeah. annum. All right. And pricing. Uh, Carl, do you think it's overpriced, just at the right price? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably at, a, at a, an area where you could take profits if you own it, but it's not expensive. I wouldn't say it's overpriced, but uh, it's done exceptionally well. Um, and you've got the share buyback of quite a big share buyback program of seven billion rand, which which should continue supporting the share. You're getting a decent dividend, um, and it's yeah, it's not actually on on the the most recent earnings. It's not uh, it's not a stretch in terms of valuation. Yeah. Um, all right. There's a question here: Is Steinhoff and Westseesue a buy? I'm not sure if uh, you gentlemen look at Westseesue. Um, all right, Steinhoff. <laughs> A buy, or um, are you part of the, the 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 group of people that just after that scandal were just like no, never, once bitten, twice shy, Ashraf? I I think it's really a, an option on a on a corporate turnaround, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be buying that option in this sort of environment. I would uh, rather go with Pepco, especially in a slowing or slow economic environment. Um, yes, you're paying a premium on a PE basis, but um, you know Pepco is is evolving as a business. So I would I would definitely be buying that rather than uh, Steinhoff. All right, and on your side, Carl, uh, would you take a punt on Steinhoff right now because they they have uh, done uh, quite a few things right since then. Yeah, like I have to admit, I haven't really looked at it uh, in in recent times, but. Um, I think, as Ashraf said, it, it is a, it is an option. You know, it, it is, 
you can you could take a punt on it, but you know I would uh, I think there are better opportunities to um, to look at in the market. Ah, all right. Um, talking about opportunities, uh, we did see uh, pressure on the Sasol share price today. They did release the trading update, still benefiting from the weaker rand and also the um, higher oil price. But markets didn't really like that update. Ashraf, what did markets not like about it? it uh, they see it as coming in below expectations. And also the view is that uh, the rand oil price has topped out at these levels. Um, and, you know, the other the other issue is the, the U.S. operations and when they're going to get it all working properly. Mm. Um, you know, let's not forget that that remains that remains an issue, even though they have sold a large chunk of that business off. Yeah. Um, Carl, do those operational uh, challenges worry you much? Because I feel like most of the analysts that I talk to uh, really just brush it aside um, as just you know, the business normal, yeah, kind of normal business conditions. Uh, we should expect these kinds of things, but that they're really taking the cue from the still elevated oil price. Do those operational challenges make you nervous at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they, they were probably the main reason why it was down today. Um, and also just the outlook, uh, reducing guidance in terms of, of production, um, the issues that they have at uh, Secunda, um, on their coal there, which means they have to pay up for for additional coal, a higher grade coal as well. So I think they 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 are not necessarily just operational. They they you know there's an element of of uh, structural issues at at that uh, you know element of the business. Um, but I think longer term, it's probably the oil price is really what drives the um, the rand oil price, what what drives Shasol share price. Um, so I think. There is probably a feeling that, um, as, as Ashraf said, the, the oil price has been quite elevated for some time. I still think there, there are, you know, there are reasons for the oil price to, to remain elevated. Um, so from that point of view, probably not a bad time to, to hold uh, Sasol. But I think today's story was more about the disappointing uh, production uh, numbers. Uh, all right. Marion Roberts, um, actually investors uh, were in a better mood when it comes to Marion Roberts. Um, I think we had that share price up about 4% on the day. So this is after they um, said that they're selling their investment into Bombela Concession Company, which owns the Khao Train operations. Um, yeah, of course, this is like less than a month after they said that they're um, selling Clough in Australia. Do you think that Marion Roberts Ashraf is is turning a corner here? No, <laughs> you're selling your best assets. Um, you know, Australia infrastructure spend is uh, significantly higher in rand terms than what we have in South Africa. Um, Bombella's performing well, so if you're selling off your best assets, then what you have is a shell um, of underperforming assets that may or may not perform when the uh, infrastructure spend cycle returns. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? Because I understand um, that Clough especially was part of their um, growth strategy, but they were talking about exceptional working capital requirements here, where more money would need to be pumped into the business. And there was also nervousness that 
if they still have this asset, they might need to potentially tap investors uh, for a rights issue. So, uh, Carl, how are you looking at that, that kind of trade-off? Yeah, I mean, construction companies are notoriously poor in terms of uh, the business, you know, in terms of cash flows, because when, when they're growing, they need a lot of cash because they, they have to invest before, and then they, they end up not getting paid or have to argue about their um, payments, and there are a lot of risks in, in most of these projects. So, I mean, fundamentally, it's not a great business. Um, and I think with, with the Australian business, they did, I think what you're right, they did exit to, to avoid that uh, potential cash uh, drain, um, even if it could have been a, a longer term uh, growth area. Um, so I think they've preferred focusing on, on their mining, um, contract mining operation basically in South Africa. Um, I agree the, the Bombella asset was, was probably a good one. Um, but again, if you need cash, you have to probably sell your, your crown jewels um, to, to get to what it's worth. Ashraf, just lastly on Murray and Roberts. I mean, you're saying that um, they're now basically going towards being a shell. Do you think that they're at a crucial point where they now have to reinvent themselves? Yeah, they they have to reinvent themselves. As as Carl mentioned, it's really the the mining contracting business that's going to be the major contributor to to profits. Um, and what do you do with a business like that? Sure, South African mining is uh, you know spending is in an uptrend, but how much? And I I honestly can't see that as being you know yeah. the turnaround story for. For Murray and Roberts, I think construction generally is a low-margin business um, and fairly unattractive, and they they should really not be listed. Mm. All right. Well, a very strong words there from you, Ashraf. <laughs> Do you have anything to add on Aspen? As you've already told us that that's your stock pick. Um, I would say that under under 140 rand, I think it's uh, it's definitely a buy, and I'm t taking a 12-month view on Aspen. I think that uh, that there will be an increase uh, in the dividend over the, the next 12 months. And um, it, it's a steady eddy business mm. now. It's no longer the growth business it used to be. Yeah, all right. And on your side, Carl, what's your stock pick for today? I'll pick uh, Coronation. Um, again, you know, it's more further out. You know, they obviously tied to the to markets when, when markets... Uh, rally and maybe recover in, in 12 or so months time um, then their assets under management should should recover you're getting a, a pretty sure dividend of about four and a share and the and the share price is below 40 so it's a above 10 percent dividend yield while you wait um, so i think obviously not a, a big growth stock but i think a, a nice dividend yielding uh, stock to to bring some cash flow into your portfolio all right, well, thanks, gentlemen, for your time today and for your analysis. Thanks to my guest, Ashraf Mohammed from Corner Peace Capital and independent analyst, Carl Gerbers. Do join me again tomorrow for the Friday edition of Stockwatch.